Uh, welcome to the family meeting. If you've never been before, the whole idea with our Termini family meetings is that we just spend a little bit of time looking backwards and looking forwards, just reflecting on what, what's happened so far and on what, what we are praying and believing God for in, in the future. Um, big decisions, big information moments. So obviously on the Sunday, we, we try to get headlines out, but you know, Sunday's not the place for big lots of information, but this is so, this will be, uh, hopefully, well it will be very informative, hopefully there will be some inspirational elements to it as well. So I'm going to open in prayer and um, then uh, hand, over, hand over to Rich. Father, thank you for this gathering, thank you for all that it represents, thank you for every person, Lord, that is here tonight. I pray that with your help, Lord, there will be a sense of pulling together, a sense of catching, being caught up in something um, that transcends our own personal story, Lord, that being caught up in, in the things that you're doing with us together. Lord, I pray that by the Holy Spirit's help that there would just be like a, a shepherding that happens here tonight, that we would feel that we are drawn together and, and being taken to really good places, being taken to um, just still waters for rest for some of us and Lord, good pastures, rich, rich food for the soul. I, I do ask for that, Lord. We just totally rely on you tonight and on your presence here with us and I pray that you would, um, that you would own um, the things that we're going to be talking about. We believe that they're from you. Pray that you'd own them in, in, in people's hearts and that there will be a, just a beautiful, heartfelt um, unity and uh, buying together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Over to you, Rich. Thank you. I haven't done yet. If you want to turn in your Bible, okay. So normally at the family meetings, what we would do um, is we would launch new GCs, um, new gospel communities that are starting up um, as a church, um, as an eldership, as a family. We really feel that this is key to what God's called us to um, in North London, and there's been significant <laughs> prophetic words over us about uh, being given keys into communities, and we feel the gospel communities are a part of that. Um, fulfillment, that God's giving us keys into communities. Um, so really, first of all, I want to start off by saying, don't get too comfortable where you are. Um, how many of you are in a GC? Great. There's loads of people in a GC. Now, I, I don't want to set the cat amongst the pigeons, as it were, and just kind of scatter everybody. But at the same time, I want you to be prayerfully considering about what God might be calling you to. Um, it might be that some of you are starting to stir with something um, that maybe God's giving you a heart for a particular area, a particular community or a subculture or something. Um, but what I want to encourage you to do is just pray into it and see what, God's, see what, see what God develops within you. Um, talk about it with people, engage with people about it. Um, come and chat to us as the elders. The chances are we probably know people in the church with similar burdens um, and can put you in touch with people. And so I just really want to encourage you, let's not be a church that just is passive um, and just kind of gets comfortable where we are and just stayed with our, our nice comfort zone, our boundaries. Um, but let's really be pushing into all that God's called us to because we want to be a church that's built on faith. We want to be a people that live by faith. We don't want to live by um, sight. We want to live by faith. We want to believe God for what he's calling us to. So I really want to stir you um, to, to really be uh, praying into all of that. I know many of you um, are already doing that. 
Um, we would normally announce GCs at this, at this time, but we've got a few that we're just working through details um, and the implications of that wider. Um, and the reality is that because these things are done in relationship, they take time. Um, you can't just kind of cut things off and start afresh. You want to do it well. You want to honor people. You want to honor leaders and things like that. So we're just working with a few people and doing that. Um, but the reality is um, these, things, these things are meant to multiply. They're meant to grow. They're meant to multiply. They're meant to develop. Um, and they're meant to open and unlock keys into all sorts of other communities. Um, so on that note, um, we have a slight shift uh, amongst our GCs. Um, so in the food bank, there's been a slight uh, changeover uh, in what's going on and the way that operates and uh, just as a gospel community, how they function. So at this point, I'm going to ask Ruth if she can just come and share a little bit. Um, Hi, I'm Ruth. Um, I'm part of the wonderful food bank gospel community. And um, so just for some of you who are new or maybe unfamiliar with what the Food Bank does or is, the Food Bank is um, a church-wide thing um, with the gospel community supporting it. Um, it's, it's, so it's run by the whole church, sort of similar to CAP. Um, it comes under a sort of nationwide charity called the Trussell Trust, um, which is uh, a charity that sort of is about empowering local communities and ultimately is about Jesus and um, the message of a sort of active faith, um, tackling sort of poverty, injustice, all the things that Jesus is really passionate about. Um, the Rev Food Bank meets here on a Saturday for two hours on a Saturday morning. Um, we set up a little sort of cafe area and then above you there's loads of, well, there's two and a half tons of food up here. Um, and so there are certain local organisations that have um, that we've given uh, vouchers, and then when they meet people, maybe it's like we've got um, Citizen Advice Bureau, Praxis, different sort of community organisations. For people who are in crisis, so it's not a long-term solution, it's for people who maybe um, their benefits have stopped or they're sort of, yeah, in crisis. They're given a voucher by the charity. They come here on a Saturday, they meet with us, we provide them tea and coffee while some people pack bags for them. Um, try and sort of pray for them if they, if they want it, tell them about Jesus, um, just love them, provide them with, with support and a hot cup of tea. Um, so in terms of what we've done so far, we launched in April, so we've been going for about four and a half months. Um, we ha in that time, we've, fed, we've given them 69 people's worth of food, um, which is great. And 16 of those were children and then some other number was adults. <laughs> Can't do my maths. Um, so we've received just under three tons of food and we've given out about half a ton. Um, so yes, and we've also got a food bank Sunday this Sunday, just to plug that. Um, so every month we want people to bring food. So at the moment we're low on cereal, 500 gram bags of sugar, that is 500 grams, not kilograms, and pasta sauce, that was it, yeah. Um, so, but... Um, also, I think more than just figures in terms of food coming in and food going out, um, it's really been great to um, just meet people and love people and build relationships and pray for people. We've been able to, uh, you know, we've prayed for, for a Muslim woman. Uh, we've got people who are coming in for conversation, not for food, um, which is just great. And I think there's, there's one particular guy who, um, he sort of came to us from CAP, so part of another sort of church periphery thing. And then he went to the obstacle course. And the first time he came, he came with his girlfriend. 
and they sort of stood outside. He was like, here's my voucher, I want some food. By the end of the, the session, he was just chatting, laughing. He keeps coming back. That was a couple of months ago. He came back a couple of weeks ago. He's got a job. He, you know, he's like, oh, my girlfriend, she's, you know, she's getting really annoyed with me because I'm just reading her bits of the Bible at night time. I've still got lots of questions. I was just like, wow. You know, so that's really what it's all about. And I suppose that sort of moves us on to, on to, the, on to the, sort of the next thing, which is our, our vision. We really want to see more of that. Um, we want to, really want to see people um, involved in the church. And because there's, there's, there is so much going on, in the church, we really want to link, be able to link people up in different gospel communities that are going. You know, we are seeing people with mental health problems. We are seeing people from the local community. We want to connect people up. Um, yeah, and also at the moment we're seeing about two or three people um, a, a weekend. And if that is the only number of people that are in need of food, then that's fab. Um, but I struggle to believe that's the case. We really want to make it more established in the community, see more people. Um, and sort of long-term vision, I think, you know, we want to um, join with other churches, be sort of a unified representation of Jesus, um, and get people stuck into local communities, um, local churches. Um, yeah, we've got long-term visions about maybe soup kitchens, maybe Meals on Wheels, because that has recently stopped due to funding issues, that sort of thing. So we've got, we've got lots and lots of visions. Um, Part of the, the reason that we're here is because um, Luke, who's done a fantastic job, was working um, very hard on setting up the food bank. He's now stepped down um, from the food bank. Um, so we've had to do a lot of reviewing, a lot of figuring out how we're going to sort, sort it out, how we're going to go forward. Um, and so um, I have stepped into the uh, visionary leader role. Um, so we're really thinking about how we can function as a gospel community and, um, and as a church. Um, and so the gospel community, we really are about sort of um, praying for, for the food bank, for the people, um, making more community connections with voucher holders, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and so the reason why, yeah, basically I'm standing here is that ultimately we need more people um, to, to join us on this adventure um, it is great, it's, it's exciting, it's challenging, relationships are challenging, meeting people, at, you know, when they come in for the first time um, is, is, is great, but yeah, it's, um, we need lots of help from God and <laughs> from you guys. Um, so yeah, we're looking for people to join our, our gospel community, which, as I said, is about praying for the, for the, for the, the food bank um, and supporting it and helping, um, we try and get one or two people from the gospel community to run the food bank on a sort of rotation um, but we also need more volunteers so maybe if you are part of another gospel community but can spare one Saturday two Saturdays ten Saturdays um, then we really want to hear from you um, even you know between now and Christmas if you can only do one if you wanted to give it a go um, you'd be more than welcome to so um, and what it involves is as I say drinking tea um, welcoming people into the building um, packing food um, Praying, praying for people if, if they want it, um, sharing the gospel with them, and just being here to love them. Um, so if that's something you want to be a part of, speak to me, speak to Abby, speak to Mary, um, and yeah, that'd be great. Right. So, great. thanks. Thank The food, the food bank is huge, and the potential to impact so many communities is, is vast. I know, I, you know, I'm part of the Prisons GC, and I know 
Even some of the guys in prison, their families have been fed through food bank. You know, I mean, this thing's wide-reaching. It affects everything. It affects so much. And it's so encouraging to hear kind of the revisioning, the gospel going forward just in those encounters. Um, is so, it's incredible, really. Um, in fact, if you're in the food bank GC, why don't you stand up? There's two reasons for this. One is if, if you want to get involved, go and speak to one of these people. Um, and secondly, I'm going to pray for these guys quickly. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for their commitment to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for their um, Lord, commitment to justice, Lord, to seeing uh, Lord, poverty just eradicated. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for their commitment to all that you've called them to. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Um, to them, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness and kind, Lord, for all that they do, Lord, for all that they commit, Lord, for all the hours they put in midweek, Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, we bless, Lord, we bless you for them, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you've uh, called them, we thank you that you've set that vision upon their heart, and Lord, we just pray that you would bless them, Lord, we pray that they would gather, Lord, we pray that they would impact lives, Lord, for your gospel, and Lord, we pray that many would come to know you as a result of the food bank, in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Steph. Great. Wow. Yeah, I just want to totally get behind that, commend these guys. They're a great group, great people running that food bank, and I think God's going to do brilliant things through them. So please, if you're looking for a GC, um, go and find those guys and um, just get involved, and you'll, you'll, you'll be really blessed through doing that. Okay. Um, right. Change of gear. Um, in the Bible, when you read about local churches, one of the things you realise is, is that although they were autonomous, they were kind of governed um, by local pastors, they, they weren't isolated, they were, they were connected, and often their connection together was through apostles, so Peter, Paul and others like that. So what we're trying to do as a movement of churches is really try and get back to that. Um, when you're 2,000 years away and 2,000 miles away, there's always going to be and, you know, there's a lot of history. It's not always an easy thing, but we're trying to, we're trying to work that out, and, um, which is why we believe that, you know, as a church, we, we, we're sort of autonomous. You know, the, 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 the pastors, you know, have been sort of called by Jesus to, um, to, to be governmental in the church, but also we, want to, we don't want to just be, become an isolated thing. We want to be meaningfully connected to apostles and to um, the people that work with them, so apostles... Um, prophets, evangelists and, and pastors and teachers that have kind of like a gift that goes beyond just the local church and is, is wider. We will benefit a lot through that. Our, our, we will be enlarged through that and um, I believe that through that there will be so many opportunities for us to really capture world mission in our hearts and all of that. So over these next months and years, I guess we're just going to try and drip feed things in about the particular apostles and apostolic team that we're connected with just to help grow familiarity with certain faces, names of people. So we just got a five-minute video from, um, from Mike Betts, who's the guy who leads the um, apostolic network that we're part of, um, just talking a little bit about um, the, the uh, whatever you want to call it, movement, network, sphere, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I mean, it's a funny old game, isn't it? All these different phrases and words. But it really is about relationship beyond just the local where you are caught up in mission and, um, and able to just become larger than just your locality in your heart, even if you never move from the locality, but you carry something larger in your heart. So um, the particular sphere is called relational mission, that's what they've called it. So here's a video about that. Um, and um, yeah, enjoy. Have you brought your popcorn? <laughs> Great, so uh, 
I just want to say, I, 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 really, I believe in this stuff. I really do. I think that we are doing our best to try to recover something that's biblical. And on the way, you know, we'll get things wrong and all the rest of it. But I really, I really feel like it's part of God's plan that local churches are caught up and connected with wider, something wider than themselves, but in a way that's relational, not just structural, but it's built on relationships. So I really want to just commend um, uh, Mike and, 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 and the guys to you. Okay, great. I'm going to stay on my feet now to talk about the, uh, the church holiday for a few minutes. Um, many of you will remember uh, probably a couple of months ago now, we spoke about a church holiday we were planning, and um, we had some interesting feedback um, on that. Unlike last year, we had some interesting feedback with some people saying we don't really want to do this. Um, or two years ago, sorry. Whenever, yeah. Um, and we went back and prayed and thought, no, I think we really need to do this. And so really just pushed hard and said, guys, I think we really need to go away and do this. So um, this, this year there's been similar feedback, but probably a little bit wider, more people, just for, for, for significant numbers, yes, probably fair. People just saying, just conscience-wise, not sure I could want to put that kind of money into that. And, um, and so we, again, just thought we need to just not just steam through, take it back and reflect on it and pray a bit. And um, I think in, in praying this time around, we've come to a different conviction than two years ago. Um, and uh, particularly uh, myself just took to the other pastors and just said, look, I just, I just think, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's something of God in this response. It's not just a case of, you know, some people don't like going on church holidays, so, but there's something more going on. And I, you know, so we talked about it, and I think we feel that people actually, the thought of having those days put aside is great, but in terms of how we were using it, and particularly the money it would have taken, there were some issues. So we went back to the prayer closet, as it were, and um, just felt, we felt a rise of faith to do a mission weekend, to, to love Camden. To say, well, look, if you, could still, if you could still use that time, if you could still take that time off and just join with us, in mission together in this local area. Um, we would love that. Um, we would love to be able... To, I just, we just felt a, a real rise of faith for it. It was interesting. We, that we, we were praying about it down in the basement near one of our elders' meetings. And um, glamorous stuff, I'll tell you, being an elder. And uh, just, you know, we were just chatting about it. And I, I was like, yeah, we call it Love Camden, you know, just sort of messing around and getting excited and that. And, uh, and then we said, well, we'll see what we see. You know, we just see what God says. And Simon gets home and on his mat, as soon as he opens up his magazine, and the title is Love Camden. You know, and a few things started coming together. We thought, no, I think God's in this. And so we really want, we want to do it. We want to use the same weekend, starting probably the Friday evening and going through the bank holiday weekend to, 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 to proclaim Jesus together. We want, we'd love to give it three main prongs. We'd love to have a kind of creative expression sort of prong. I mean... Who knows, sort of, um, what's that thing called when you, you know, flash thing? What's that flash thing? Flash. A bit of flash mobbing. Various. Yeah, I mean, why not? And preach the gospel off of that. And um, maybe, some, maybe some really great, really uh, great um, sort of acoustic events and stuff like that. And just get, get, just reaching people. We'd love to do a young, a prong for young people, just reaching the next generation and and, and, and a problem that involves street work, praying for the sick and stuff like that. So we'd love to pursue that. Um, it's, it, this is just, we're just sharing the heart, our heart at the moment and 
no one buys in, we're in trouble, you know. But we kind of feel like we've, you know, we've, we've, we've really just tried to listen and go back, pray, and we thought we've got faith. We've really got faith for this. So we wanted to share that um, with it. We've, we've opened it up to other churches that we've got a good relationship with in the area, and there's been a really warm response. So it looks like it could be churches together um, doing that, making, making a big splash. So that could be really, really exciting. We've got, we've got great relationships with um, particularly three local churches, Chalker Farm here, New Life at Tuffnell Park, and St. Luke's in Kentish Town, and floated it past all of them, and none of them said no straight away, so that's good. Um, we'll see where it goes, but um, we'll see where that goes. But we'd, we'd love to be able to do that. Um, probably maybe, maybe the Monday, maybe that'll be a bit more, a bit more fellowship-focused, just a, a real good day together, just doing something, you know, as a as family, as a church family, maybe sort of a bit of a... Bit of a bonanza, but that, that's what it's that's what it's looking at at the moment. Any questions? <laughs> Won't be able to answer any of them, but you feel free to ask. I might be able to read. Dave. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess we'll, I guess it would make sense to just do an offering and just say, look, let's do a special offering for the mission weekend, and um, people can give people give as they're stirred and as they're able. Um, it will obviously take some financing, doing certain things. If you, you know, who knows? Oh, one other part of it, of potentially, might be if we, could, if, if the weather's good, but you never know, so you just charge them anyway, don't you? But Sunday, the church is together out, outside somewhere. Maybe we'll have the service all together outside somewhere in the area. So, uh, but all these things need permission, and you know, um, trust God's favour is on us in it. But it takes money, so yeah, we'll probably do an offering and. You can camp. You can, yeah, yeah, you definitely can. Set one up in your sitting room or something. Set a tent up in your sitting room. Yeah. I mean, I know, yeah, go on. No. I mean, I think, yeah, it's obviously thrown it around in my own mind, the whole thing of what, what you lose with this option, that's one of the things that you lose, definitely. Um, um, and I'm, I'm in agreement with you, everything you're saying. There's nothing planned as yet. Um, those of you that are at Beats this year will probably understand our reticence, <laughs> uh, our confidence took a knock. You know, we can no longer stand up and say, in all the years we've been here, every time we've gone, the sun has shone because it rained all day. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I wonder, you know, I mean, I'm thinking on my feet at this point, but I wonder whether gospel communities, you know, at some point might do a weekend away or something. The issue is, is the bigger the thing you do, obviously, the sort of venue you need, the more money, just the whole thing multiplies and escalates and transport, blah, 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 suddenly... You need more. So maybe that, that maybe this year that's the way forward. I don't. I think if we do this, it will take a lot of effort and energy and capacity. So there probably won't be a similar amount of energy and capacity to plan something on a big scale. But I, I think if we did something on the Monday and we did it really well, and it might be that we went out of town, I, and there could be some element of that in there, but it might not tick every box. 
anymore. Okay, so I guess what I'm asking, what we're really asking is, is that you'll stand with us in this, and that you'll, 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 um, if you were willing to sort of give that time to come away with us, that you'd be willing to give that time and stand with us and, and go on mission in the area and really just try and make a splash, really make some noise for Jesus in the locality. So I want to just ask you to keep the same weekend free. Um, there's loads of thinking to do, there's lots of planning, there's lots of praying, but the same weekend, then. The weekend, it was the bank holiday weekend in May, the last bank holiday weekend. So obviously in May we have two Monday bank holidays, it's the latter one. So it was from the 24th to the 27th, it's that weekend of May. Okay? Great. Um, that's me, Foxy. Got your slot, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't sure I was going to get a slot, so that's good. Brilliant. Um, put me on my feet now. Okay, I've got a couple of just quick announcements, really, about prayer stuff, just to keep you guys in the loop. Um, as you may have already gathered, um, we're trying to really... We believe in prayer. We believe that God is attentive to prayer. We believe that God loves us praying. And, um, and we've seen so many answers to prayer over the last year. In fact, just if you've been at any of the prayer meetings and you've prayed something which has been answered... Can you just put your hand up for me? Okay, have a look around. Look, there's, there's lots of hands up. There's lots of hands up because God answers prayer. Thank you, guys. In fact, it says, I was reading earlier on in Psalm 66, it says, But God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. And that is our testimony. God surely listens to our prayer. And I guess I just wanted to start off before a few announcements, just a quick encouragement that God listens and God Surely listens. You know, I love that word surely there. There's such a confidence because I, I guess the psalmist has looked back and he's seen what God has done. Just as we can look back and see how many times God has answered our prayer, we can say surely God listens to our prayer. So I guess as a, as a bit of an encouragement and a challenge, I just want to firstly throw out um, to you guys just to have a quick observation about your own prayer lives, um, both as, as, G, as GCs but even individually. Like, what is your, what is your prayer life looking like? Um, are you praying? Are you believing God that he answers prayers? I know that for a lot of us, uh, prayer means time. Um, but you know what? It's one of the best investments of our time that we can make if we get before God and pray. So I just want to encourage you to, to pray and use your time praying. It's a, it's a worthy sacrifice to get before God. It really is. Um, okay, so two things I want to just say about, about prayer, in particular as a church, what we're, what we're doing. The first one is about our Ignite Nights. Um, who came to our last, our first Ignite night? Okay, there's a good, good bunch of people. The reason I want to just highlight the Ignite night is just to clarify what it is and what it isn't. Okay, what it is, it's a, it is a church-wide prayer meeting. Okay, what it isn't is just a one-off event that we do as a nice thing for people who love prayer. Actually, our heart, you know, the elders' heart, uh, the leadership's heart. Hopefully your heart in this is that it's, it's a church-wide, church-owned thing. And I guess I'm on my feet just to plug it as that and to say, guys, we, we need you there. We want you there. Um, I think if all of us could come together and pray, what impact that would have for all the work we're doing. We want everything to be soaked in prayer, don't we? We want, we want you know, prayer simply is an expression of our trust in God. That is simply what prayer is. It's an expression of our trust in God. Do we trust God that he's leading this ship, that he's, he's ultimately steering things? 
I know I do, I know a lot of you do, so I want us to show that expression in just joining together and coming and praying. So our next Ignite Night is on the, it's on the 1st of November, um, and it's going to be a great night. We're going to be praying amongst other things, we're going to be praying for the nations, we're going to be getting some video updates from some of the guys like Esther and Steve and Andy and Matt Med and the Rileys. Um, and it's like they're going to be with us and we're going to be praying for them, some of the stuff that God's stirred in our hearts for the nations on our doorsteps as well. So I just want to plead with you guys to get there and come along. It's going to be really worthwhile, I promise. Okay, the, um, the second thing is... I've totally forgotten it. <laughs> oh yeah, the prayer blog, thank you. <laughs> okay, so... Starting this weekend, um, we are introducing something new just to help some of you and honour the fact that not all of you can make Ignite Nights and prayer meetings and just giving you some food for thought for prayer. Um, We've kind of created a little prayer blog forum that we're going to be letting you guys know the link. It's probably going to be on our Vimer account and we'll probably send out the link on the weekly updates at the bottom of it. Um, The idea behind this is it's just a five-minute video. Um, Each month, at the beginning of each month, we're going to start sending it out. And what it looks like is just three things from the elders, from the eldership team, that we're going to be praying for as a church this month. And the idea is that you can you can watch it when you're, you know, download it and watch it when you're in the tube, um, or you can use it to fuel your own prayer time uh, in the mornings, when you get to pray, as you meet together in twos and threes, or it could be a really useful setting in GCs, uh, gospel communities, you know, you could even have a half an hour slot once a month when you meet together and use that as an aid to, to pray, to be praying corporately um, on, on the things that we're all going for as a church. Again, prayer is effective, it works, and it's just going to be a really useful tool. So I'm excited. So there will be an email sometime this weekend with the link. I want to just encourage you to just have a look at it. Apart from anything else, it's really helpful visionary stuff, just knowing, you know, what we're believing for, what we're trusting in, what we're behind it. Again, just watch it, and and it it builds faith in you, and it helps you to kind of feel ownership that actually we're in this together, and we know where we're going together. So they're my main two things. Um, I think that's all I was going to say. So go for it. In fact, can I just pray very quickly? I just want to pray. It's not, it's not a token thing, praying, yeah? We get before the almighty God. So I just want to thank God for this time. Lord, we, we thank you so much for this time together. We, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you're doing amongst us as a church. We thank you for the countless testimonies that we've got, that you have been surely attentive to our prayers, that you have heard us when we've cried out to you, when we've prayed, you've responded so graciously. We're so undeserved of your, of your attention, yet you, you, you attentively respond to the cries of the righteous, and that is our testimony. And we just give you all the glory and all the honour, and we pray that we would, uh, we would have a greater deposit of faith, that we would be a people who wholeheartedly trust you, that express our faith and our trust in you by getting before you in prayer, by calling and and, and pleading with you for the things that we believe you've spoken for. And Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done and that we would would be a house of prayer, a a house of prayer for the nations, as you, Jesus, said that you want it to be. You want us to be a house of of prayer for the nations. That's what you're building. And we pray that, that you would build that amongst us, Heavenly Father, in the core and the DNA of who we are and what we're about. We want to be a people who pray, who love you and express our faith in fervent prayer, day after day, moment after moment, at all times. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
and Lord enthuse us as we look at finances. <laughs> come on, I know you love it. I know you love it. Um, I've got a PowerPoint that's going to come up behind me um, eventually. It creeps onto me. Yeah, we'll get that full screen. Um, so basically, as a church, um, we run uh, from April to March. Um, so at the end of September, we are six months through our financial year, um, which is a great time to stop uh, and just reflect uh, on some of the situation uh, as it's been unfolding over the year and just look at a few things. Um, so when Melody stops staring at us, <laughs> we will... It's all done. Okay, we're back up. Wait, okay, here we go. Yes, okay, so if you've been around for the last few months, you'll have seen a graph like this go up uh, a few Sundays over the summer. And effectively, what I've been doing is I've been trying, what we found is that over the, the summer period, so where we've just come out of really, um, we tend to find that kind of our finances tend to drop, or at least our giving <laughs> tends to drop um, over that period, largely because a lot of people go away. Um, a lot of people are out of town and things like that, so they're not necessarily giving. They tend to take weekends out and stuff like that. Um, and so you can see from the blue line, uh, that was our, uh, where we were last year, um, which is the line slightly below. Um, you can see this year we've actually made it through summer um, in a moderately uh, healthier position, um, operating at about between an average of between about 10 and 15% where we were last year, um, which is what we're aiming for for the current budget for this year, so that's good, um, that's encouraging. You can see July was a little bit tight, um, we, where we dropped pretty much to last year. Um, what we want to try and do is, is, is cover those um, sorts of dips as much as possible so we can uh, move sustainably forward rather than constantly having peaks and troughs um, throughout the year. Um, but obviously, you can look at, you can see from August and September, things started to pick back up again um, as we went through. Okay, so next slide. Let's have a look at what the actual breakdown of this looks like. Um, so you can see uh, kind of at the bottom of our bar graphs there, as you'll like, um, we've got a significant wedge of standing orders, which is people that are regularly committing to giving um, to Revelation Church. Um, you can see we're nearly over... Uh, the 10,000 mark, which is encouraging as a healthy place to be. Um, there's, if, the more we can increase those standing orders, the better, because it helps us um, in terms of budgeting, planning, projecting, and things like that. Um, the stuff on top is effectively cash checks, what goes into the Sunday offering, one-off gifts, um, and things like that, which tends to be much more sporadic, and so it's, very, it's much less dependable. Um, you can see in September, we've had a huge spike. Um, basically, we had a gift aid that came back uh, in September, uh, which was great. Um, so it's kind of, you know, so you can see that the reality is, um, although uh, average average regular giving, you can see as opera is hovering at around 12,500, um, um, the reality is our, our, our running costs um, are probably closer to about uh, 13,500, 14,000. Um, so actually on a monthly basis, we are slightly we are slightly down on what we should be. Um, but you can see from things like the gift aid, um, from one-off donations, that sort of stuff picks it up. But the reality is we can't constantly be relying on those sorts of things to pick us up, um, which means as a church we need to be um, 
growing and maturing um, in the way that we handle our finances, in the way that we uh, give, in the way that we um, uh, support, support ministry and stuff like that to be able to actually um, sustain ourselves so that actually things like the gift aid are a blessing that we can then do, use to, to do other things um, rather than having to cover the cost for the months where things are a little bit quieter. Um, so, yeah. Okay, next one. This, this demonstrates our income against expenses. Um, so you can see um, <coughs> where we've got uh, our regular income in blue and our expenses in red. Uh, you can see where it's marked out. Um, some, there, there's a little discrepancy there because we had a few uh, significant costs come out um, in June. Um, and basically our big expenditure months are between, um, tend to be in the spring um, and in sort of the autumn time. So actually we're just about to enter into um, potentially one of our busiest times um, when we start paying out for uh, things like training courses and stuff like that. Um, and then moving on. So this is a cumulative total, okay? So this depicts our budget, so that you can see the top line, the straight line, is where our pro projected expenses should be for the year, yeah? So month on month, taking the, the total that we have uh, in the budget for this year, which is 218,000, uh, we've got an incremental um, increase month on month. Uh, you can see our expenses have come in uh, under that, which is encouraging, but as I've said, um, in the coming months, there may well be um, more, more things going out uh, than usual, so that's that is potentially expected to increase. Um, you can see our income, though, has operated slightly below that. Um, so our income has remained consistently below. You can see uh, in, towards the end, so in September, uh, this, this, uh, we've basically made that up um, quite significantly. This takes into account the, the gift aid as well. Um, but what this, in reality, what this looks like is, so from the beginning of April till the end of September, so that's six months, um, we're down uh, by about 6,000 um, from where we were at the start of the year. Um, so that's just, that's, that's just to give you an idea um, of where we're at at the moment. Um, at that point, I'm going to, we'll, we'll call it a day there. Are there any questions that people have? I'll do, I'm going I'm to do three questions, so you've got to be quick if you've got a question. Um, and, then, and then we can always do more questions afterwards, that's fine. Just come and find me and we can talk. Mary, go on. Is if, the reality is if we have no money, we have to cut back on stuff because we just can't afford it. Um, so we have to cut back on staff, we have to cut back on all sorts of things. Um, but we, um, as elders, we don't feel that it's... That we, I mean, we feel that all that we're doing is what God's called us to. Um, so, so, so in that respect, although, although, although to some extent figures might look a little bleak, you might say 6,000 down um, over the six-month period, that's not fantastic. Um, but, at, but I think kind of we are, we, we, we are in faith of what God's called us to. Um, and, at, and at that point, um, uh, I, 
we're not going to be dictated necessarily by bank balance. We'll be dictated by what God says, which means we're living in faith. And, and I think the reality is of church life is you have to live in a, pl- in, in, in a place of faith and practicality. And you have to live with that tension. And I would say kind of over the last, well, the reality is probably the last 18 months, that's where we've been living um, as elders. So some months it gets very close to the bone. Um, some months we've even had to uh, rely on certain things. Um, and the reality is you don't want to be in that place because you want to be, you, you, you um, be honouring God um, and serving him in all that you are without the overhangs of, of, of almost having to, you know, you know, I don't know, shut things down, you know, month on month, you know. So we do, we do genuinely live um, in, in a place of faith, and I recognise that. Um, I think the reality is we're not, I don't think we're precious about uh, particular things that we're doing, um, but I think we're in faith that God will bless them. Um, so it's not like, it's not like we're holding on to um, certain things because this has got to work. Actually, we're, we're holding on to things because God said so. Um, uh, and at that point, uh, until he says not to, then we won't budge. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's just the reality of it. Dave Smith, go on. Sorry? It's to give us an indicator of where we should be. Okay. Yeah? So, so, so why, considering we have budget so much higher than our expenses yeah. why is it so high Large, large, largely because we are coming up to um, so a busy period. So, so typically, um, throughout the, I mean, this term for the church is really the busiest term, which you is when the red line will hit the budget line as it comes to But potentially, yeah, it should do. It should, at the end of at the end of the year, there should be a much as much above the lines as there should be below the lines. Yeah. At the end of the year. We haven't we, we, we haven't used an overdraft. We have used um, we have at one point used a uh, no twice we've used um, uh, an interest free loan um, from by somebody by a member of the church, um, and that's not something we want to make a regular practice. Um, but the reality is, if we don't have the running costs, um, then that's kind of that's 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 the unfortunate reality. Um, and I, I will be completely honest. At that point, yeah, it does make you ask some serious questions. Okay, go on. One more, Ollie. <laughs> um, it might. I know it's wrong. I seem to have deja deja vu. It seems every year we go through summer and giving goes down and then like you said we go to this, this busy period and then giving goes up and at the end of the year we're like hey could it not um, would it not be prudent to plan for giving to go up in some parts of the years uh, some parts of the year and go down over the summer as it does every single year yeah um, or me- maybe you do that yeah yeah, we do do that. I mean, it would, it would be nice if everybody worked out what they were going to give and then gave yeah, the total of that over, you know, but the, rea- the reality is it just doesn't happen like that. 
you know. Um, so the reason the reason we really we've really been in a tight spot for the last eighteen months or so um, is that largely because uh, for two reasons really. One, we had a significant um, group of people uh, in the church that left, um, which is fine. You know, it's not it's not an issue. We you know we bless them, we love them, um, but obviously with that goes a lot of resources and things like that. Um, and so it's just being aware of things like that. Um, it's also uh, I think being aware that we, um, we as, I think, as elders at times haven't been as honouring um, of people in the way we call people to steward their, their, their finances. Um, and so I think, I, I think partly um, there, is, there is an element in which kind of we are growing in this as well. Um, it, would be, it would be nice to have a surplus where we knew that kind of in the summer months when things are quiet... Um, that we could we could you know effectively stop things and then um, release that over the summer and then come come uh, autumn springtime um, you know everything's fine again end of year you know everything happens amazingly um, but the reality is the budget just doesn't work that consistently um, it would be nice if it did um, they say they say the reality is they say that charitable organisations should run with three months running costs in the bank we currently have about a third. So that would be that would be our running cost. So so we 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 you know we really do um, we don't deliberately run a tight ship, um, but the reality is it just that's that's kind of the position we found ourselves in at the moment. Um, so yeah, okay, all right. I'm going to stop questions there. Um, if you do have any further questions, you want to go into any more details, you want to ask any more in-depth numbers and stuff, um, please do come and find me. Um, I'd love to chat it through with you. We're completely transparent about the way we operate our finances, about the way we do stuff. Um, so, yeah, do, do please come do that. I just want to mention two... Uh, well, one thing, really, that has two prongs. Um, we are... <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, we are, at the moment, uh, as a church, looking to grow. And a part of that, uh, we've noticed that there, is a, that, that there, there are essentially holes um, that have developed uh, on the trustees um, of the church. Some of you may not even realise we have trustees. Some of you won't even know what a trustee is. That's cool. Um, but for those of you that are, this is probably for you. Um, the reality is there's probably two holes um, that we're looking at. One is around um, HR, um, and so in the way we develop kind of um, our employment and, and all of that sort of structure and things. Um, and secondly, around uh, a treasurer. Um, so for instance, somebody that can help me uh, with this sort of stuff. Um, and so I just want to throw it out there. Um, you'll know if it's you because you'll because you'll start to think, hey, that sounds cool. Um, and trust me, if it sounds cool, then come and talk to me now. But yeah, um, but yeah. So I just want to put it out there. Um, we, you know, this this is this is this is a family deal. Um, obviously, you know, we need to make sure that people are appropriate and that people have um, the, the relevant acumen of things. So, um, but do come and approach us. We're totally approachable, um, like, and totally up for that. Um, so, Steph. Great. Thank you. Just to say, I mean, I've got no grounds of evidence for this, but my hunch, my hunch with the, the giving is that, um, is that there's, a, there's numbers of people who are really, really giving in a God-honoring way. Um, and to, to... Okay. Yeah. And there, and there are others that just aren't. You're not, engaging. You're not engaging financially with the local church and giving. You're, you're either putting it off or you just 
for whatever reason, you're not. And so because of that, this isn't a call for everyone to give more. Some of you are under significant pressure financially. We're not calling you to give more. Okay? Some of you are at the limits of your faith financially, in terms of giving. We're not calling you to give more. Okay? This is not a general call to give more. Okay? It, it's a, it, those of you that aren't, it is a call for you to engage with, with us seriously in this. Um, as Richard said, we're not precious about doing what we do. We would, we would close, you know, we would close things down, you know. To be perfectly honest, you know, I don't, I don't know necessarily that I would be the first one to go. I don't know how it would work. God would lead. But for me to, to for me to stop working for the church full time and get a, get a different kind of job is really not a problem. It's really not a problem, you know. Um, I don't want to labour it too much, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it really wouldn't be. Um, but I think at the moment we feel like we, you know, we're not going to. We're not going to. We are not on the verge of plunging ourselves into any major, church-wide, financial, you know, um, things. We recognise that we're, we're on the line. Um, but if the if the thing comes where we've got to stop stuff, then we, we will. We will do that. But because I just feel in my heart, actually, there's just some in the church that they're just you're not engaging. We need you to engage, and um, and then I think I think and then I think we'll be in a in a in a, in a better place. So, so we encourage that's you. Please just hear our heart on that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, any of you just struggling in terms of figuring out budgeting and that kind of thing, you know, pressures, always seems like we, we, we're not so good at it. We run a cap money course, which is different from cap. It's not for people in debt. It's for people that just want help in terms of learning how to budget well. And Adam is the guy. So can you just stand up quickly, Ad? So please see Adam. And um, he can help run you through that. Brilliant. Okay. All right. Uh, eldership, elders, pastors. We run. Um, we run as a team of pastors. We believe that's a biblical model. Um, you don't go through the New Testament. It's always spoken of in plural. Uh, we're not into the one-man ministry thing. It's great. It's a blessing. It's beautiful um, to not to have to for one person to have the shoulder, the government and responsibility of the church. You know, we, Jesus is the chief shepherd. He appoints under shepherds. At the moment, it's myself, um, Simon, and Rich, but we operate a policy whereby we say, hey, you know, the Bible says to desire eldership is a noble thing, and so we do say to the guys in the church, if you, and if you feel like God's calling you to eldership, then put yourself forward and, um, you know, as, demonstrate that you desire that, and, um, and, uh, and we'll see what God does. We'll, you know, we'll, there'll be a, a period, a process of kind of just godly, sort of testing, not in terms of sitting down doing exams, but just, you know, just stuff like, so stuff like, you know, I'll give you some examples, just um, some really in-depth conversations if the man's married, we'll have some time with, the, with him and his wife and say, okay, tell us about, tell us where the cracks are in a marriage that's talk, you know, where, where, do, where do you need strength, where do you, where do you need help? We look at the qualifications of pastors in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus and we say, is this you? In what areas do you think, actually, that's not me, let's help you, let's work on that and you know sometimes it's, it just becomes apparent actually not ready yet you know because those the, these qualifications are um it's not that you you become a pastor and elder and then you then you go into those qualifications no they qualify you for eldership so um you need to be able to say yeah you know and i'll just be able to look on and say yeah that's that's your life and so and we and so but we love to operate this principle of people, guys putting themselves forward rather than waiting for the hand to say it's you but guys put themselves forward because um, you, you, want, you want men that are, who are going to be elders that are willing to put their neck on the line a bit, are willing to 
potentially face what could feel like rejection. You don't want cowards. You want courageous men that are going to be able to take the pressure of eldership and, and all, that it, all that it entails. It's not glamorous. It's glorious, but it's not glamorous. And um, Hazia has put himself forward. Um, and um, Hazia's going to... We're going to get him... Um, on his feet. Actually, Hazel, why don't I've just asked Hazel if he'll just come and share what his heart and why he's why he's put himself forward to be an elder. give this a lot of thought. I'll, I'll, just, I'll, just, you know, I'll just be honest and I'll just tell my story very quickly. Um, when I first got saved, literally the day I got saved, Steph prayed for me and, and a couple of other guys and, and God said that you will at some point lead a church and you will baptize many. So from day one I've had this thing I've been carrying that God just uh, imparted and I just felt really um, everything I was about, everything I was working towards is me working towards that and actually seeing that fulfilled. Um, so when Stefan Avina asked me and Lena to join Rev and to help them start Rev, it just made so much sense and we were just so excited, so thrilled and so honoured to be asked because who knew the opportunities it would bring for us to really carry something that we could as a gift really grow in and take back and eventually take back to Iraq and start our own church. Uh, so me, me, I put myself forward the first time, didn't feel ready, and I think that was a, the right decision. I went back, I kind of did a reassessment, put a few things in place, recheck and get family and stuff like that in order, and just felt um, that it was a really good decision. And then it came to the point where, you know, we stopped being deacons after being deacons for a while, which was really good. Just stepped back from it because we thought we, we gave it all we could, and then... Um, about four or five months ago, God started stirring things in me again. And I just thought, I need to tread carefully. You know, is this something that I could do? And then I started praying and I, and I talked to my twos and threes who, by the way, I just want to lift you guys up. Ollie, Andy and Johnny are just outstanding um, in terms of how they encouraged me, how they just prayed for me, really helped. Texts, you know, asking, how's it going? How are you finding it? It was just so helpful to just keep in check. Um, and I think just on the side that I really want to thank Lena as well. She's been outstanding. Mm. And what beauty. She's just yeah. really, really amazing. <laughs> Seriously. Um, it was because of her I got saved. I, I pursued the beauty. So I'm so glad I did. You know? <laughs> so glad I did. She still is a beauty. Um, but seriously, she's, she's put up with so many thoughts, so, many, so much like carry, so much confusion, lack of clarity. And she's just helped me to just pray into it really make decisions for myself and let God speak into it and things like that. So it's been amazing. Ultimately, what I'm here for is just I want to serve. That's all it is. I want to serve Revelation Church to my gifts. And my gifts are pastoral. I love people. I'm a people person, if you haven't picked that up. I love discipleship. I love one-to-ones in a group. I love community. So these are some of the things that I want to bring, um, I, I suppose, eventually as an elder to, to the church because I want to see this church just that's glory. And I've got such a heart to see each one of you guys just really excel, really going for it. Um, all that goes with it. So I'm, I'm chuffed and I can't wait to serve. That's it. Right. 
Wow. Lena, it's good to have you. Why don't you come up? Great. Great to hear from you guys. Thank you. So, so what happens now? Well, well, just to let you know from, from the perspective of, my, of myself, Simon and Richard, we're all really happy, very peaceful, feel it's right at the right time. Just feel, just feel great about it. Um, when Mike Betts came to visit us, I said, Mike, go and have lunch with the Sallies and see if you think they're, you know, that... Hazy will be ready and, you know, it's just good to get some wise eyes from the outside. His comments coming back were, you have chosen well. <laughs> so I think I didn't, I didn't, he put himself forward, you know, no. Um, but, you know, I, so just felt completely peaceful as well. But now we put it to you, the church, because he's going to be, basically if you're, if you're an elder, if you're a pastor, you serve the church, though the church is not your master. Okay? So you serve the church, but Jesus is your master. But, um, you guys need to, if there's, basically, it could be that there's an element of his character that's not ready for this. And it could be that it's, Mike Betts has missed it, me, Si, and Rich have missed it, but actually there's, some of you are sitting in, you're concerned, you're thinking, I don't think, I don't think he's, I think there's, there's an area in his life which doesn't match up. Maybe I could just, I've got a Bible, I'll just read through the list quickly just to help you guys in terms of qualification. Sorry. Cause <laughs> controversy now. Right. Here's a trustworthy saying: If anyone desires, if anyone sets his heart on being an elder or overseer, he desires a noble task. Now, the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone doesn't know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of, care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace into the devil's trap. We ask Hazel's boss for a reference because people need to have a good reputation with outsiders. And um, Hazel's boss sent us back a glowing a glowing reference. 
um, which for us was, was, um, was again just helping us to make sure we're doing this thoroughly. As, uh, as some old wise pastor once said, it's a lot easier to lay hands on than it is to lay hands off. So you don't want to, and when the Bible says do not be hasty in the land of hands, it's not talking about preemptively, but it's talking about setting aside for eldership. So we don't do it hastily. So if there's any areas in, in, in those, in that list you think, hey, Hayes always drunk, haven't you noticed? Or whatever. If anything where you think, man, you know, then, then please come and let us know. And if two or three people come and say the same thing, then we're going to really heed that. Whatever you do, don't come and say he's a bit young. Um, you can't help that. Um, and when you're pastoring a church that's as young as ours, it's kind of a little bit easier to be young and be an elder. Um, and, and please don't come and say he's too inexperienced. Everyone is before they are an elder. <laughs> you have to be one to get the experience. So those two things, we, we won't, that's not on the list here. He's not a new convert. And um, as far as I'm concerned, he's all these things on the list and more. Um, but, you know, I'm not omniscient. I've got blind spots. So we just want to open that to the church, give you guys a couple of weeks to just, if, we, if all, all we hear back is good. Um, but, so if you, if you can't think of anything, you know, if you don't think of anything to say, that disqualifies him. That doesn't mean you've got to stay silent. You can come and say, I think this is great. So if after a couple of weeks we have, we, that's the kind of stuff we're hearing, then we'll look to, um, to, to lay hands on him for eldership towards the end of this year. That's the plan. Um, any questions on that? I know for some of you this might be a totally brand new thing. Uh, you know, so really happy to maybe answer one or two questions quickly. Some of you are familiar with the way we do things here, but for some of you, not so. Okay, great. Over to Dave Mance. to follow that, but I'm going to talk to you about staff. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, um, first one is, is cap related. Now, you might sort of think, oh, Dave, why are you talking about cap? Cap's not your thing anymore. It's Ollie's thing. Yes, you're right. But I specifically asked Ollie if I could uh, talk about this one because it's on a, a subject I'm an expert in, and the subject is uh, why Nicola Vibola Nathan's a genius. Uh, so... <laughs> So, um, so a couple of years ago, uh, Nicola uh, set about the task of setting up our debt counselling centre, uh, CAP centre, and so she uh, left her full-time job and took a job two days a week working for Rev, and then spent the other three days uh, looking for a job to fill those three days. Uh, and anyone, uh, some of you might have been through the experience of looking for work. Uh, it's kind of it's quite tough, and also pioneering something like a debt counselling centre. It, when you just basically got to make something where there is nothing, it's also very tough. And she just did both, just with amazing uh, aplomb and uh, dedication, excellence and grace and good humour. Uh, and she's just been brilliant for us the last couple of years, so I just want to really commend her. And she is now, uh, she's now stepped down from the CAP role and she's going to uh, study a master's in something, I don't know what. What is it? Numbers or something. Uh, and so, please join me in... Uh, if you want to come up, Nicola, let's, let's thank her as a chair.
Uh, so uh, when Nicola first said she was thinking about going to study and she sort of gave me her description of like, what she thought from her experience, what is the, the kind of, what makes a great cap centre manager, and she did this description, I said, wow, there is someone who pretty much fits that description perfectly who's joining Rev around that time. And uh, so would you like to come up, Sally Utting, and bring your handsome fella with you? <laughs> So the really bright ones among you will notice that they have the same surname as Adam, just by coincidence, as Adam and Hannah. And even more coincidentally, they're actually related. Uh, so they came... You kind of spawned them. They, they are their parents. Uh, so they've been visiting Rev. Uh, ever since uh, you know Adam came, and so you guys have been kind of kind of around, and we've always kind of loved you. And then uh, very uh, well, I guess well, what tends to happen is when once people have kids, uh, and then their kids go off to university, you sort of people just sort of go out to pasture at that point in my mind. But these guys, very <laughs> counterculturally, are moving into London, and uh, they're joining us very soon, which we're all really excited about, aren't we? So it's very very cool. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so, so, what's the point? So, uh, so Sally is going to be doing two days a week work of a cat, and then uh, we've also uh, managed to persuade her to uh, give three days a week, uh, taking Luke's place doing the kind of church administrator role. So she's uh, multi-talented. So, uh, so she's going to be. So she's actually started that role already last week. So she's in the office now, and then she begins. You begin the cap. When do you begin cap officially? I've got training role? for one week. So the official date for starting will be the something like the twenty-third of October. Twenty-third. So just a, a couple of weeks away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So these guys are going to be with us, and uh, all I would just say is uh, let's uh, let's. I, to, well, was, I thought it was great what Lena said about. She's a sister primarily, and so the, you know, obviously you're going to be coming to Sally and, you know, with questions, and please just have patience with her because obviously you're taking on two, well, you're moving house and moving church and taking on two new really demanding roles, and she's got to learn who all of you are to then administrate to you. So, uh, so let's really have lots of uh, love and patience. But yeah, she's you know she's going to be our sort of administrator and, and cat person, but primarily she's a, a sister. Gordon is a brother in Christ, so let's really love them and take care of them over this time. I know they sort of, they're old, so you sort of think, oh, they're going to parent me, yay. <laughs> no, no, we're going to care for them first. All right, okay, you can go to them. Just a quick thing on that note as well, Sundays, uh, so don't all think, oh, I'll catch Sally on Sunday, because obviously if a hundred people catch her on Sunday, she will, like, die. So catch her during the week. Call the office. Um, so uh, let me just reiterate, uh, although I stole uh, Ollie's job, Ollie is your man for anything mercy ministry related. He is that sort of deacony, trainee deacon dude for anything like cap money, 245, cap food bank, homeless, all that stuff. He's your man. 
Uh, on a deacon roll, Tom Avery has a notice. Very good notice, Tom Avery. Um, I'm the trainee deacon dude for uh, kids and stuff. Is that the official yes. title? Good. Uh, now, it was going to be sensitive with kids, but some of you might be thinking, I don't really do kids. Don't switch off, because I don't need people particularly who do kids, who look after kids, that kind of thing. What I need is something really, really simple, and some of you might really be able to help without having to go and get involved with, you know, kids and stuff, if you don't like getting involved with kids and stuff. Sorry, Dennis. <laughs> I, I like getting involved. I work with kids all the time. That's why I don't do it on a Sunday, but let's leave that aside. What I need is some people who love doing admin, who are good at doing admin, to give us a 45 minutes on a Sunday from quarter past three till four o'clock. Is that right? Does that sound right? Uh, three till four. Three till four. Okay. It's become an hour and a quarter. <laughs> From 3 till 4.15 to do the registers. You'll have noticed when you come in that there is one of the kids' workers sitting there on the door doing the registers. It's just not the best use of their time when they could be setting up kids' work, talking among themselves, praying for the kids' work that's going to happen. We really need some people to step into that role to give us that, just that short time on a Sunday afternoon, on a Sunday afternoon to do that. One in four, hopefully, we can have four people, four people who love doing a bit of admin, a really small bit, all it is is doing the registers. It's really, really simple. So if you can help us with that, talk to me or to Dan or Alstra or Beth or um, Flo, one of the guys who lead the kids' works. So that would be great. Thank you. Rich Young. And for the finale, no. I'm not going to do anything that, that impressive. Um, I just, I, I want to talk about... Um, Sundays quickly, um, primarily serving on Sundays. Um, now, the, the reality is with Sundays is because we don't have our own building or anything, um, basically we have to go and we have to create everything. Um, it takes a huge <coughs> amount of manpower. Um, there's probably, it probably takes around 40 um, people every Sunday to get Sundays functioning as it should be. Um, we have quite a depletion of teams. Um, now, I know there are quite a few people starting to come along um, into the church now. Uh, people are starting to connect with new guys coming in and stuff like that. I want to encourage you to be uh, talking to them about serving. Um, and so what I want to do is I want to give you three reasons. Well, one reason, really, with, with, with kind of three. Two to three. You like that? There's, there's, uh, there's logic there. Um, Okay, there's one point. There's one reason to... I settled down to no, okay. um, Basically, there's one real reason why to serve on a Sunday. And that's purely because Jesus did. Jesus was the servant king. His whole mission on earth was to come and serve humanity. It was to come and serve you, to come and serve me. Um, it, it, the, the purpose he came was, was to serve us by dealing with sin and removing it from us. That was, that was the point. He come and, came and dealt with it. Um, in, in Matthew 20, 28, um, Jesus said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. That was his purpose, and that's the reason why. There's, there's, there's three things I want at three prongs, if you like, um, yes, about serving. 
Um, firstly, that he served voluntarily. Um, he wasn't coerced into it. Um, you might think, actually, he was coerced into the cross, but the reality is, if you read in John 10, it says that nobody, nobody has authority to take my life from me, but actually I lay it down on my own accord. Yeah, so he served voluntarily in what he did. Um, secondly, he served sacrificially. Um, John 15, it says, greater love is no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And, and in laying down his life, he sacrificed himself for us. Um, and thirdly, uh, he served humbly. Um, we read later in Philippians, Paul says, um, have, this in, have this mind in Christ, um, that though he was in the nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be crossed, but humbled himself, becoming, becoming obedient to death effectively, and becoming a slave, becoming a servant of all. Um, and so, firstly, serve voluntarily. No one, no one at this church is going to force you to serve. No one's going to push you into a corner, pigeonhole you, um, and force you to serve. Um, but we want, you, we want to encourage people to serve because ultimately that's what being a disciple of Jesus is. It, it's following his example of serving. Um, and so we will encourage you to, but we're not going to force people to. We want you to do it voluntarily and by your own volition. Secondly, um, the reality is it's sacrificial, so it will cost you. Um, it will cost time. It will cost energy. Um, it, it, you know, it, will, it, will cost, it will cost half of your lunch sometimes because um, you'll have to leave early to get to church early. You know, it will, like, there is a sacrifice to be, to, to, to be made for that. Um, and thirdly, uh, it, it makes us humble. Uh, when you're serving other people, you're not considering your own needs, you're not considering your own desires, you're actually there for the purpose of other people. And it humbles you. Um, it creates a humility within you, and it develops your character. And if you don't believe me, serve. Yeah, um, the, and, and lastly, um, I, just, I just want to encourage us that as a church, as we model this, kind of, it, 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 there's something beautiful in it, because it is, it is in essence what Jesus came to do, is to serve. He, he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. He came to serve, and that's what we want to do. Um, so uh, I've, got, I've got a few uh, areas of church that need people. Um, I I, I recognise most people actually in this room um, are probably already on rotors, um, and, and, and I just want to recognise that and just want to thank you um, for all that you do, um, because the reality is without, without people serving, without people giving of their time, without people giving of their energy and sometimes finance and sometimes you know, ev everything else, um, it, it doesn't happen. Yeah? So it's, it's, you know, it really is a genuine thank you, um, really genuinely 100% truly thank you um, I guess that I'm going to give you basically a list now um, of different areas of the church um, that people can serve in um, and just give you an idea of those uh, of those things uh, just kind of uh, almost what, what that sort of thing entails and um, which means you can take away take it away with you if you're not serving and you can process it and think okay well what can I commit to and what can I do um, if not, you can take it to other people in the church um, and say, hey, this might be something you could do. Um, or maybe you're in a two and three with somebody that's not serving um, and you can say, hey, actually, you know, why, you know, why don't you give this a go? It would, it's right up your personality. It would be amazing for you. Um, so set up. Um, at the moment, set up guys are looking to run uh, teams one in three. Um, it starts at uh, 2 p.m. on a Sunday, um, basically, when we get into the building. Um, and the aim is to get all the gear out so that everybody else can start setting up and, and getting stuff ready. 
um, it, it's, it's, it's a big job. Um, it finishes um, once the cupboard's locked. Um, so it's basically from the start to the end. Um, it's a big job, um, and, and the reality is there's quite there's some heavy stuff in there as well, which is all going to get lugged around and stuff like that. Um, so basically, if you want some weightlifting practice, do it. It's a great opportunity. <laughs> um, but also, you know, like we are short on teams as well, um, and aiming for one in three means that we've got to fill um, all the teams and stuff so that everything else can function um, accordingly. Um, Secondly, hospitality, again, aiming to run uh, one in three, potentially one in four. Um, these guys start at about 2.30 uh, on a Sunday, and basically they, they, they provide all the drinks, they provide all the cake and stuff before um, and after the service. Um, it's a great team. It's a good opportunity to get to know people um, and just work alongside other people. It finishes basically once all the cake's eaten and everybody goes home. Yeah, um, and it's, it's, it's the sort of role that if you like hosting people and you like providing things for people and doing nice things for people, that's, that's a good opportunity to do that. Um, PA. PA guys are running, aiming to run one in three. Um, you do need a little bit of technical know-how, I guess, um, but guy, these guys get, here at two, to get there at two o'clock on a Sunday um, and set up to the bank and start practicing. Um, there's a lot going on. Um, it basically finishes once all the gears then pack down again. Um, it can't, the reality is because some of the gears are quite expensive and quite sensitive, it can't just be a free-for-all. Um, and so kind of there has to be quite a calculated way about it. Um, for that, it does take some, some technical know-how, um, but they are also looking for people that, that want to get involved and want to be trained up. So if you want to do that, if you want to get alongside one of the PA guys um, and just um, serve them um, and help them, then uh, they'd love to train you up so that you could then do it yourself. So if that's, if that's something you want to do or you know somebody, you're just thinking to yourself, hey, that person um, that I met the other week would be great at that, then um, take that away with you. Um, words. The words people get there um, at 2.45 uh, p.m. on a Sunday. Um, the idea is that they, uh, they put up all the words during the songs. Um, there and they keep the, the banner rolling during the notices and stuff. Basically, if you're meticulous and you enjoy detail, um, that's the deal for you. Um, it's a great opportunity just to serve um, the, the body, uh, especially in the context of worship. Um, it basically finishes uh, after the service once things are packed down um, and put away. Um, so that's words. Kresh. Um, Kresh team are running, aiming to run one in four. Um, these guys get there at 2.30 in the morning. Uh, 2.30 in the morning? <laughs> these crash guys are committed, I promise. Um, they get there at 2.30 in the afternoon. Um, and they... 2.45. They get there at 2.45, okay, to set up um, all the stuff. So basically they set up the crash room for all the kids um, and things like that. Basically, if you want to help nurture uh, children or have a have a desire to see babies raised to the glory of God and you want to serve parents in the church, that's a great opportunity to do that. Um, and they, they finish once everything's packed away. Um, younger kids, are, are we hanging on in there? Yeah. We are hanging on in there. Good work. Um, you're great listeners. Um, okay, so we have two kids groups. We have a younger kids group that runs um, four till six. They're aiming to run one in four weeks. Um, if you, if you could, they basically get there from about 2.30 uh, where they start setting up the room um, and start uh, getting all the games ready and things to craft and stuff like that. 
And if you want to engage in, with children, um, if you want to interact with them and, and share Jesus with them and talk to them um, about biblical values, about Christian principles, um, that's a great opportunity. Um, and again, they finished once everything's packed down um, and finished. The older kids, uh, we have an older kids group, which is 7 to 12s. Um, you, you might have heard about the relaunch that we did kind of six months ago or so, um, where we started reaching kind of out into the community um, and stuff like this. Basically, if you, if you enjoy engaging with kids and you are basically bonkers and up for anything, um, that's, that's, the, that's the team for you. Um, they get there from about 2.30 on a Sunday, um, and they really do aim to set everything up. Um, it's, it's quite, you know, it's, it's quite uh, energized time. Um, so, you know, if you're a real extrovert and you love people and you want to you tell kids about Jesus and you want to evangelize, then that's a great opportunity to do it. Um, and they also get quite a few non-Christian kids as well, which is, for you evangelists, good tip. Um, and then lastly, we've got our welcome team. Um, welcome guys uh, get there for about 2.45, um, and they're aiming to run one in four. Um, basically, they're outgoing, they're smiley people, they're, you know, they're not grumpy, they don't um, complain. Um, but if that's, if that's you and you really want to welcome people, you enjoy welcoming people, the reality is you're welcoming people into the kingdom of God. Um, and so just want to encourage um, those guys that are already on the welcome team. You do an amazing job in terms of just bringing people in, uh, making them feel comfortable, making them feel secure. Um, and if that's something that you want to do, um, then, in, then uh, yeah, do that. Um, and they, they basically finish about 15 minutes after the service has begun. So once all the latecomers have come in the door, um, then kind of... They finish up. Okay, that's a lot of information. Um, I hope you all registered it. There is going to be a sign-up sheet at the back, um, which if you're not serving, you can sign up to serve. Um, it's a great opportunity to get to meet people, to serve on the team alongside other people, um, and uh, just, just do life with people. Um, you build real strong community and fellowship um, in those settings. So I want to encourage you um, to make use of that. That's going to be uh, over there. Hey, somewhere, Haitian's hey, hey, got a bit, a little bit of paper, um, and at, at that point, I'm going to, Mike Turner, go on. Where, where are the biggest gaps in serving? Sorry? Where are the biggest gaps in serving? The, big, the biggest gaps for serving, um, everywhere, <laughs> is the reality. Um, you know, the, but, but, but even it, okay, I, I recognise that might not necessarily be helpful, um, I would say the, the biggest gaps are uh, primarily with uh, setup, because the reality is that without the setup guys, nothing else happens, because they're the guys that get everything out, they're the guys that provide everything, which means if that doesn't happen, um, then it has knock-ons throughout the Sunday. Um, so we are getting quite comfortable with getting The reality is everywhere needs bulking out. Because we need to we need to grow these teams. Um, so so the reality is even, like like even to get to a stage of being comfortable where people have got manageable time commitments rather than having to do every week, every one and two weeks or whatever. Um, so I just want to encourage that actually all of these areas have spaces that need to be filled. Um, so I want to encourage you to chat to Haisha, who's going to be over in that corner somewhere um, at the end. Um, on that note, um, I'm going to pray. And then we're going to finish. Lord Jesus, we thank you for our time together, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we're a family. Lord, I thank you that we are brothers and sisters in your kingdom. 
Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you call, you've called us here. Lord, you've called each one of us here. Lord, I thank you that we aren't here by our own design. But, Lord, we're called according to the purpose of your will, Lord. And we just want to, Lord, we just uh, say that we love you, Lord. And, Lord, although there's been a lot of information tonight and a lot of talking, Lord, we just say that you uh, supersede all of that. Lord, we just say that we're shooting for your plan. Lord, we want to be followers of you. Lord, we want to be led by you. We want to be guided by you. And Lord Jesus, we just pray. Lord, we just submit everything we've spoken about. Lord, everything we've talked about. Lord, we submit it to you. Lord, we just submit, surrender it all to you, Lord. And we just pray. Lord, would you just come, Lord, and would you bless us? Lord, we pray as a family, Lord, would you uh, unite us in heart and vision? And Lord, we pray, Lord, would you build a mighty church in North London? Lord, we pray, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray for the other churches around, Lord, that they might stand up strong. Lord Jesus, that they might stand for the faith, Lord, that they might proclaim the gospel boldly. And Lord, we pray you would, you, Lord, we pray you would make us a gospel outpost here in North London. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for coming, guys. You are dismissed. <laughs>